Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Cardinal Hall of Famer Jason Isringhausen is standing by on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker. And before we get to... Izzy's recollections of uh, Chris Duncan. Uh, I want to talk about Maddie Isringhausen, who was in our senior spotlight last Friday, and uh, she was a delight to talk to, and she's headed to Tennessee Tech to play volleyball. And Izzy, uh, first of all, thanks for joining us, and second of all, uh, your daughter's wonderful. I hope she had a good time with us in the fast lane. She's terrific. <laughs> yeah, she's got you guys snow, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh... It's one thing good about your kids when other people say that they're a delight. I mean, we have our moments for sure, but when other people say that she's a delight, a delight that makes me feel good. Well, Izzy, before we get into our conversation about Chris Duncan and remembering him, how's quarantine life been for you? You mentioned your kids, but what's it been like for you to have everybody at home under one roof and, and you know, just life when you can't really go anywhere? How has it been? Uh, the quarantine, it really hasn't been that bad. It hasn't been really that different for us except for this homeschooling thing um this fifth grade our fifth grade our 10 year old is uh not real cooperative to say the least and uh it's like herding cats and i can't do fifth grade math so i'm pretty much uh up up the, up the creek without the paddle so to speak are you like me could you do fifth grade math in fifth grade i couldn't no i couldn't that's why i've never got through college i couldn't do algebra one let alone uh when when the when the numbers become letters, I start to have brain freezes. Yeah, I'm out. You were the exact same way. I'm out then too. Hey, Izzy, <laughs> what was it like? Uh, because you have such a great relationship with Dave Duncan, and I'm sure you were aware that the Cardinals had drafted Chris in the first round. So when he arrives on the scene in '05, what were your impressions of Chris? Um. Well, we, we heard of Chris. Um, I had heard of Chris um, in the minor leagues. They had the big brawl, and he got hit in the face with a helmet at one point. And uh, so you knew he was probably a, a, a tough guy like his dad, so to speak. And he gets there, and you didn't realize how big the kid was. I mean, he, Chris was a huge human being. I mean, he was probably 6'5", probably at that time, probably 218, 220, something like that. Um, I consider myself a fairly large guy, but he was, he towered over me and just, uh, a specimen of a person, the way he was built, uh, well, just more than anything, just a bundle of joy. when he came to the ballpark, he was just happy to be there and, uh, made everybody laugh and made things, he loosened things up. Wasn't that typical rookie kid that came in there scared to death. He came in there loose and having fun. And, uh, it was just a joy to have him there. Uh, you obviously, as you have a close relationship with Dave, and you know that he's kind of reserved, can be very serious. So were you surprised that Chris was so <laughs> gregarious and had such a big personality, considering you knew Dave? 
it was so much fun sitting around listening to the stories of, of Dave and Shelly and Chris growing up and the fights they'd have across the, den, uh, the kitchen table and, and things like that, getting hit with mashed potatoes in the face or getting smacked or getting thrown over the table or something. And it was just, uh, I couldn't imagine. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall living in that house with those guys. But yeah, like Dave is so quiet. Well deserved, and then uh, then you got Chris, who is is far from those words. Uh, just I think just loved life, loved the fact that he could play baseball for a living. Um, he was that guy that always, and still to these days, this kind of sounds like Brad Thompson on the radio. They're so uh, self unassuming, you know, never gives themselves any credit for what they were able to accomplish. And um, I just remember Chris having so much power during batting practice. Um, this fun. It was just fun. One of those guys that was fun to watch during BP. Jason Isringhausen with us on 101 ESPN. And Izzy, you were one of the guys on that team in the mid-2000s that really took players under your wing. And even though Dunk had literally grown up in major league clubhouses, uh, he he told me that you were one of the people that kind of showed him the ropes once he got to the major leagues. What sort of things would you try to do for the, for the kids? Well, uh... Chris liked to have fun, so did I. So we would uh, we would maybe see each other out at night every once in a while uh, <laughs> after the ball games, and um, you know, just trying to instill to these guys. You know, there's a you know, my whole my word was you know you know you got to pick your spots. You know, when you go out and and have too much fun, where you can't, uh, where it may affect your play the next day. You got to pick your spots, and uh, but always taking the kids to dinners and lunches and things like that. It's just something that was done to me when I was a young kid by the John Franco's, the Bobby Bonilla's, the Brett Saberhagen's. And it's just something that we keep passing down from generation to generation. And then you hear like Adam Wayne right now, he was a rookie when I was there and he's taking guys to dinners and things like that. It's just, it's nice to hear. It's nice to see. And just trying to keep these guys on the, um, mainly just when they're on the ball field, keeping them at their best is the main thing. So there's a lot of distractions, and it's the same thing that we teach these kids today. You know, we just try to keep them uh, as focused as we can. Uh, Izzy, before you joined us, Randy was telling a story that Dunk had shared on the radio about when he and Shelly were growing up, how when they were living near a golf course, they would put these basically invisible pins around the hole so when the golfer would go to put in you know his shot it would bounce off and it seemed like he was such a prankster as a kid and you know as Randy just mentioned he had such reverence for the veterans on the team and kind of knew when to pick its spot so I wonder if he was a prankster in the clubhouse or if he was just kind of sitting back saying hey maybe this is not the time or place to do that <laughs> yeah he was he didn't show his true colors in that spirit you know in the clubhouse he always knew uh, where this place was I think that Pretty much, tell him, you know, you have uh, two eye, uh, two ears, one mouth for a reason. You listen twice as much as you talk, and uh, that was one thing about uh, the Duncans. Um, you know, when when Dunk spoke, you wanted to listen, and when Chris spoke, we always laughed. Uh, it was just like I said, great to have him in the house. He was uh, he had some big moments. I think his first at bat was a home run, and to see Dunk's face, I mean. I love Dave Duncan, still do to this day, and to see the joy in his face. Um, especially I have two sons in the big leagues, and, um, you know, Chris was a big part of the, some of the things that we did here in St. Louis. And it's, you know, and a lot of memories that we have with, is with 
Chris in the clubhouse for sure. Yeah, I, I was going to say, Izzy, it's important that we don't overlook his baseball talent because in 06, Tony has said it before, you guys probably don't win if Chris doesn't come up and hit, and hit those 20 home runs. He was, especially before he got hurt, he was a really good hitter. He was a good hitter. I mean, people just forget that. I mean, yeah, he always makes fun of his outfield, and he may have looked like the Statue of Liberty out there at times, <laughs> taking fly balls. But he, uh, you know, he got the job done. He was scared to death for the ball to get hit to him. Um, but man, he he made it fun. He he gave you everything he had on everything, every play. He was diving, running into walls. It didn't matter. He he put himself always put himself on the line for the team. And uh, you know, when you wanted a big hit. That year he came up there, he was getting those big hits, hitting big home runs. Uh, it was just a, fun to see. Izzy, we've all been sharing our personal favorite memories of Dunk today. Do you have one that when you think about him and, and your time as a teammate with him that stands above the rest? Oh, gosh. we've I can still remember like times when we would win the uh, if we won a big game or uh, a series. You know, you'd, you'd, we had a, he'd go into the uh, training room, you know, like to get away from the media and get away from the families and stuff. He'd go in the training room to kind of catch your breath. And he'd be, he'd be back there and he'd get in the hot tub and he always called it the flipper. And he would do this thing where he'd come out of the water and act like a fish out of water and flop around and things like that. <laughs> and he, he did that all the time. He would lay on the, like on the shower floor and do it during, and during, in the showers and things like that. But it's just, craziness that he always did and just uh like i said I, I think about things now and i just start laughing and watching him come in certain times of the year and just uh his face he's like oh man and it just it was i don't know i just just a shame that he had to leave us so early it's just uh somebody who's really going to be missed, somebody who really loved life and loved baseball. Absolutely. Hey, Izzy, we want to ask you about uh, the Albert home run in Houston because yesterday, I don't know if you were watching MLB Network at all, but it was Albert Day, and last night they were showing the game where he hit the home run off of Lidge. You came in to close that game out. It was kind of anticlimactic after the home run, but what do you remember about that ninth inning? Um, Well, I came in to pitch the eighth inning. Okay. And uh, I came in to pitch eighth inning. We were down, you know, two runs. Um, sitting on the bench, uh, top of the ninth, down by two. Brad Lidge comes in. And, you know, that year, lights out Lidge. And got the first two guys out, strike out, uh, I think, Mabry and J-Rod, perhaps. Yep, that's right. And uh, so it was two down. I'm like, uh, well, you know, I had already pitched the eighth. I'm sitting on the bench, kind of. And, uh, you know, kind of let my mind go at ease. And all of a sudden, David Eckstein rolls that driller through the hole. And then Jimmy walks. And then I think it was the second pitch. Albert hit that home run. And we're all jumping around, screaming, screaming. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to go back out and pitch. If I, <laughs> if I screw this up now, I will never be able to walk around St. Louis ever again. <laughs> and I went out there and got about one, two, three, two balls to Albert. And then that ball to right center that so tracked out, which I thought had a chance to go out in Houston. But uh, just that 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 mind thing where it's like, oh God, total at ease, and all of a sudden you got to get back up again and get your mind right to go back out and pitch the ninth inning, knowing that if you screw it up, that things will never be the same in St. Louis for you. And uh, those days, those are the things that those are the things that I remember about baseball, not the wins, the losses, just certain things like that. But yeah, that was. I think that was a great thing they did yesterday for Albert. And uh, we had talked yesterday for some reason. I said, man, it takes more than one day to to go over everything that you did in baseball, but it's uh, very well-deserved. 
Hey, uh, did anybody ever get you like he got Lidge? Uh, oh, I think Jeff Kent hit a home run off on me, a walk-off uh, in Houston during the playoffs. But I'm talking about it to the train tracks, that that kind of home run. Oh, gosh. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, not in Houston, but that's not. Uh, at the old Shea Stadium, um, when I first came up, uh, Ellis Burks hit one off the backdrop in center field, which was about 100 feet past the fence. Oh, man. And he hit the middle of that backdrop, and I've never seen a ball hit that far in my life, at least, at least off me. I mean, I always said if I'm going to give them up, I want to give them up long ones. I hate those little wall scrapers. Mm-hmm. But I think that was the longest one I'd ever given up. And uh, But if you give them up, why give up a cheap one? That's the way I look at it. Exactly. Izzy, you're the best. Thanks for coming on with us. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Have a good morning. Talk to you soon. All right. We'll see you. That is the great Jason Isringhausen with us on 101 ESPN. He's classic.